Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of our UFL coverage. We've been covering the USFL for its first two seasons, obviously going into the UFL's first inaugural season. Um, we've been covering spring football for nearly three years over here at Tea Time Reports. Mainly not on, not all on the podcast, but on the Twitter. You know, we have our receipts. And there's been a lot of big moves in the past couple weeks, um, especially the past couple days. Um, I'll break it down here and kind of go into the main juice of what we're what we're going to be discussing here. First of all, um, the biggest thing on my book here, you know, other people will definitely have other bigger headlines, but on Saturday, Mike Nolan did say the re- that re-signing USFL Defensive Player of the Year Frank Ginda um, is essential with the Panthers for 2024 if he isn't offered a futures deal with an NFL team. So it's really awesome to see that Frank Gil- Frank Ginda is clearly a, a luxury piece to any defensive unit. He is a stout football player, a, a hard hitter, always around the ball. And honestly, for spring football purposes, he's an elite linebacker in this league. Um, and and we, we saw why for two seasons. I mean, he posted more than 200 tackles in 20 games. Uh, technically 21 because the Michigan Panthers made it to the playoffs uh, last season in 2023, but the year before they did not with Shea Patterson and Jeff Fisher. But moving forward here, um, for those who missed um, the the rule updates and stuff like that, but the punting rules this season will include touchbacks come out to the 35-yard line or any out-of-bound kick inside the 35. Gunners can't move past the line of scrimmage until the ball is kicked, not snapped, with the USFL kickoff being implemented as well, which provides better field position to the teams automatically, it is going to be a challenge for punters to showcase strong numbers in some of these short field situations. And that's via James Larson PFN on Twitter. Make sure you guys check his account out and just check in on some of the rule updates so you guys are well aware of how this league is going to work and function. Um, the Houston Roughnecks signed offensive lineman Isaac Weaver. In free agency, they did lose and let go of Isaiah Battle. Um, there, I think he was a tackle, if I'm not mistaken. But regarding the USFL free agency coming to a close tomorrow, um, technically today, the 14th, it's actually just cutting down the roster sizes, not necessarily finalizing them. For context, if a team has less than 75 players, they will be allowed to make those final additions from the 15th to the 23rd of February. However, no cuts can be made during that time frame. If a team features 75 players after tomorrow, they cannot make any moves from the 15th to the 23rd. Once training camp officially gets underway, then cuts will open again in play. Players report to Arlington on the 23rd and the 24th of February to kick off training camp. Um, And obviously the rules continuously are announced and make sure you guys are checking um, the UFL.com. The United Football League will continue to build on the innovation that both the USFL and the XFL uh, created with their rules in the 2024 season. The UFL has adopted several innovative rules from both previous leagues to deliver an exciting, fast-paced game with plenty of action. The UFL has adopted the XFL's point-after-touchdown options. Kickoffs will will resemble the USFL's more traditional style play, with a modification moving the kickoff line back to the 20-yard line. Slight modifications have been made to the rules that overlapped, including alternative uh, possession options in the fourth quarter. Both leagues implemented opportunities in 2023 for teams that are trailing, or if the scores are tied in 2024, the UFL will offer a 4th and 12 from the 28-yard line uh, possession attempt instead of a kickoff play. 
So if you have something dialed up, ready to go, just like in the USFL, what they were doing, those possession plays, instead of kicking it back off to the enemy team or the opponent, they would just try and convert on 4th and 12. Um, 2024 UFL rule uh, points after touchdown. Teams will have three scrimmage play run-slash-pass options following a touchdown. Two-yard line, which is the one point for a successful try. Five-yard line for the two-point successful try. And the ten-yard line for the three-point successful try. Kickoffs will look more traditional, like college-slash-NFL kickoffs, but will take place from the 20-yard line for the kicking team. A kickoff out-of-bounds will give possession to the receiving team 30 yards from the spot of, of the kickoff or... At the spot where the ball went out of bounds, a kickoff that is untouched by the receiving team may only be recovered by the kicking team up to 20 yards from the spot of the kick. All touchbacks on kicks, punts, or kickoffs will be placed at the receiving team's 25-yard line. Any punt that goes out of bounds inside the receiving team's 25-yard line will be considered a touchback and placed on the 25-yard line. Non-kicking touchbacks will also be placed at the 25-yard line, which that's huge. That is, that is huge. I hope everyone got that. The alternate pass uh, possession option, like I said, the 4th and 12 from, the, uh, from that team's own 28-yard line instead of kicking it off, that's the possession play. The two forward passes is something interesting. Teams will be allowed, as they were in both leagues last season, to throw two forward passes on one play. The ball cannot cross the line of scrimmage at any time prior to the second forward pass being thrown. Catch definition. A completed catch or interception is defined as a player securing control of the ball prior to the ball touching the ground and touching the ground in bounds with both feet or any part of his body other than his hands. Defensive pass interference. Defensive pass interference will result in a 15-yard penalty or a spot foul if the foul occurred less than 15 yards downfield. Intentional defensive pass interference will result in a spot foul if it is beyond 15 yards downfield. So that's also pretty huge as well. Replay reviews, obviously, if you guys watch these, uh, at least the USFL, very thorough. They take you inside the, the rule and the officiating booth and break down the call. Coach challenges. Each coach may challenge any ruling, including fouls or potential fouls, one time during the course of a contest. Provided the team has a timeout remaining, a successful challenge will not result in a loss of a timeout, while the timeout is lost if the challenge is unsuccessful. Overtime. Overtime will consist of alternating attempts to score from the opponent's 5-yard line with no kicks allowed. It will be the best-of-three format until a winner is determined, which, that's the USFL's format. Just letting you know, they need they should have just stick to the USFL's format completely. I do not like the punt rule they implemented. Um, moving forward to some more huge news, um, and this is really where it gets kind of just unfair the Birmingham Stallions bring back 2022 Birmingham Stallion champion uh, and linebacker Demarcus Gates, a guy that who ha- he had his he had his time with the Bears this past season, and he got some playing time as well. Special teams guy, really all around elite linebacker in this league. He was phenomenal in 2022, next to Scooby Wright with the Birmingham Stallions, and I just I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see him return him and Skip Holtz back together again. I think that that's a, that's a story that people need to pay attention to, especially considering the fact that this defense is already so fucking loaded. They have Keava Tazino, Scooby Wright, Quinton Poling, now Demarcus Gates. They have a loaded linebacking core. Plus you add in Channing Stribling, Mark Gilbert. I, I, I Need I say more? I mean, they have so many pieces on that defense that are just outstanding, and I'm I'm incredibly excited to see what their defense is going to be capable of this upcoming season. 
But that's not even the end of it. That's not the end of it. The big signing for the Birmingham Stallions today uh, was quarterback Matt Corral, former Ole Miss quarterback, a guy that played for the Panthers, um, you know, never really got a chance, but he never really was the same after his injury in that Baylor game when he was playing for Ole Old Miss, but it's interesting to see him and Jordan Tayamu, two former Ole Miss quarterbacks in the UFL. Really awesome. He's going to bring such a, a huge competitive push to that Stallions quarterback room, and they're loaded in the quarterback room. They got Jamar Smith, they got Adrian Martinez, they got Matt Corral now, and Jalen Morton, all guys that can easily start on any one of these UFL teams, 1,000%. And I just think that it's really awesome to see um, the Birmingham Stallions continue to flourish in free agency, making crucial moves, bringing back familiar faces for that chemistry and continuity, this team is really wanting to go for a third championship. Uh, Moving forward here, the Arlington Renegades will feature Chuck Long as their offensive coordinator and Jay Hayes as their defensive coordinator per sources. Both Long and Hayes were co-coordinators for the XFL um, and the Arlington Renegades last season, alongside Jonathan Hayes and Tim Lewis. So that's pretty awesome. Um, for the Arlington Renegades, getting some coaching staff uh, pieces in order. But another big piece of news today was A.J. McCarron was released by the Cincinnati Bengals, and now he is going to be potentially picked back up by the St. Louis Battlehawks. They did let go of Nick Tiano, so I imagine that A.J. McCarron is going to be picked up here momentarily, and that's a huge signing for them. Their quarterback room was a joke without him in it, and I'm going to say this, they need to get some backup depth there because if he goes down or if he misses a game, and they need to win eight games this year. I mean, they need better quarterback play than what they have. And especially, at, you know, the backups. I mean, we saw how they struggled last year, missing the playoffs as a seven-win team. There's no excuses this year if A.J. McCarron's back on the field with Anthony Becht as the head coach. I, I expect big things out of St. Louis this year. I expect them to really flourish with the consistent, continuous, can, uh, continuously growing offense and just league in general. But Bringing A.J. McCarron back, a seasoned NFL veteran, a championship winner in the in college, Alabama guy. I mean, bringing him back is huge for the offense and huge for the team as a whole. Um, but we obviously have a lot more time to go. Maybe they'll bring in another guy to compete with him. Or, you know, maybe it's just completely his show. But I, I just think that it's a huge deal that they're most, most definitely bringing him back if they have the chance. Um, and I think that that just obviously implements just bigger and better uh, chances for their offense to have, you know, the best place possible. The Stallions now have 11 all-USFL selections on their roster, three on offense and five on defense, and three on special teams. They consist of tight end Jace Sternberger, wide receiver, kick returner Victor Bolden Jr., offensive tackle Calvin Ashley, linebacker Demarcus Gates, linebacker Keava Tazino, linebacker Chris Orr, cornerback Mark Gilbert, cornerback Channing Stribling, punter Colby Wadman, and long snapper Ryan Langan. They have a loaded roster, and <laughs> we're going to see... I, I really do believe that, and like I said, I had this on Twitter and had a decent reaction out of it here there, um, but I do believe that the championship game is going to consist of the Birmingham Stallions and the San Antonio Brahmas um, in St. Louis playing in that championship game. And I just want to say why. Not only have I just explained the the quality of Birmingham's roster, but they have the best coach from the USFL, Skip Holtz. And he's brought in and brought back former players, former coaching staff members, and brought in better guys too. 
And the reason why I'm guessing San Antonio is because Wade Phillips is that coach. They got a lot better in the offseason. They got some NFL veteracy. They, they picked up some pieces here and there. But I do believe that it's going to be between those two teams, San Antonio representing the XFL Conference and Birmingham you know, representing the USFL Conference. And I am so ecstatic to see that possibility take shape. But another thing is, I don't think we've ever seen a, a spring football roster as loaded as we've seen the Birmingham Stallions. I mean, I just want to take one second to just talk about them for a second here. They have a all-out dominant roster on every phase of the game. They have pieces and guys that were legitimately phenomenal in the USFL for the last two years, bringing in guys and bringing back guys that were in the NFL this past year. DeMarcus Gates with the Bears. I mean, Victor Bolden with the Cardinals. I mean, there's so many crucial guys coming back and being added into this equation that it's huge. It's it's absolutely huge. You couldn't ask for a better returning Hall, and I don't think that there's ever been a team as dominant in springtime football terms as the Birmingham Stallions. I think that Birmingham has something special here. I think that as a city, as a people, as a, as a fan base, if you're from Birmingham or Alabama in general, you need to start looking up and doing your research on your Stallions because that is a team that is going to go down in history. Guys like J.M.R. Smith and Alex Magoo have items of their memorabilia in the Hall of Fame in Canton. I mean, this team is special. You can talk about the XFL all you want, but I've never seen an XFL team do what the Birmingham Stallions have done the past two years and just purely dominate, purely dominate every facet of the game, looking like it's just too easy. And that's what the Birmingham Stallions bring to the table with linebacker Chris Orr, Demarcus Gates, Quinton Poling, Scooby Wright, Keawa Tazino, Channing Stribling, Mark Gilbert, uh, C.J. Marable, J.M.R. Smith. I mean, so many crucial pieces. that I, And there's still the opportunity for guys to come back, like Davion Davis and 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 uh, Austin Watkins. I mean, so many guys. And those both those guys are in the NFL now because they played for the Stallions. Like, if you're a player, if you're, if you're a young and upcoming player, didn't get the spotlight in college, undrafted free agent, you're trying to make a comeback, turn your career around, make some changes, take a stand... Pull a Matt Corral here, a guy that never got the shot in the NFL because his team never gave him one, but he also dealt with injury later on in his college career, and now he's taking a chance here, going to the most most established um, spring football team in the past 25 years, 30 years, ever, if you will, and, and, and trying to make a change for himself. If he goes out there, wins the job, goes and wins a championship with Birmingham, like NFL teams are going to look at that. They're going to take a look and be like, okay, this guy came back. Adversity. Played the game. Still can play. Let's get him in the building. And I'll start from the bottom again, but this guy was a high, higher-rounded draft pick. And I think Birmingham is just, they're scratching the surface here, man. And I, I never want Skip Holtz to leave. I know just because the game is going to require him to leave. He's going to get a better job in college or maybe, oh, who knows, maybe an NFL gig. Not as a head coach, but maybe as a coordinator or something, but... I think that he could genuinely become, if he's not already, the best spring head coach of all time. Is there anything wrong with that? Is, like, is, there, is there like a, there's no knock in saying that. Like these are still professional athletes, still professional schemes, still playing this game of chess. I just really have an appreciation for Skip Holtz and the Birmingham Stallions after watching them do what they did for two seasons and be the face of a league. 
and, and draft and consistently develop phenomenal talent, pushing those guys to different levels of the game, getting them different opportunities, show, showcasing their ability. I mean, what we saw Alex Magoo in 2023 do was special. What he was doing on the field was special. I'm never going to forget that. I'll never forget it. I can't suck on my fucking brain what he was doing. But when you take that into the equation of, okay, the Stallions, they're back. They're back again, and they got more pieces, potentially more talent. What are they going to do this year? You know, like, what are they going to be capable of? I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I do believe that this will be the championship team of the UFL's first season. And I think that they will be probably the most dominant spring football team or and organization because players want to go play for them. Matt Corral could have called any other team. He really could have. Could have been like, hey, Michigan. Hey, uh, Houston. It's just, I'm just saying. I, I mean, and we also need to just quickly talk about, um, in general, I guess the quarterback rankings. And I, I was seeing some stuff... Um, about just who has the best quarterback room. By far, it's Memphis. I mean, they have Case Cookus and Troy Williams. But, I mean, I do believe that at this time, after this Matt Corral edition, the Birmingham Stallions have edged that up one. Uh, now they have the best quarterback room. They might have the best room in every position of the game um, in this league, to tell you the truth. There's maybe two teams that have, like, similar types of quality of talent and rosters and that's Houston and Memphis but even Houston is really lacking at the quarterback position at this point Reed Sinette is not going to be the guy that's going to come in there and you know be a game changer you need to have some athleticism and some kind of chip on your shoulder um, or just be a like a flat-out good quarterback and I don't think Reed Sinette has ever proved that um, Kurt Benkert, he's back in there, professional gamer and quarterback, but I don't think he's going to do much. He got hurt immediately last year. So we'll see what, you know, the Brahmas can do with their quarterback group, but I don't think that they have much other than Joe Flacco's little brother, Tom Flacco, who I think is going to immediately be quarterback one there. Um, we talked about Memphis, Michigan, they got a little bit of, you know, who knows what's going to go on there. Eric Barriere, hopefully maybe he will come back, but it's looking like it's going to be Josh Love's show with, uh, oh gosh. God, they did bring in a guy. They did bring in a guy. If I'm not mistaken, they did. They really... Another guy that's not brought on a team yet is... Um, DeAndre, John, DeAndre Johnson. And that's shocking. He's a very dual-threat quarterback. Um, let me see what we're looking at here. I know that the Michigan Panthers probably have the best running back group in the league with Reggie Corbin and uh, West Hills, and it looks like they brought in a new, a new guy, Josh Adams, out of Notre Dame, running back, which is pretty cool. Um, Cole Hicatini is really good as well. Um, Brian Lewerke, yeah, and EJ Perry, yeah. Brian Lewerke didn't get really get his shot. He had a couple drives here and there. But also uh, Kai Nakua, um, Puka Nakua's brothers on the Michigan Panthers. Marcus Sims is really good. Warren Saba is really good. Tyree Robinson, James Walker, Joe Walker. I love Joe Walker, bro. There's something about Joe Walker. He's a physical receiver, big body receiver, great hands, clean ass visor always, uh, and just a really dominant 
like runner. Like he's a very powerful runner. He runs angry, and you can tell. Um, and I really just have enjoyed his game for the past two years for the Michigan Panthers. I'm so glad that he's coming back, and hopefully this time. Because the first year, he had Shea Patterson and Paxton Lynch. Last year, he had Josh Love. And then towards the end, he had his magic with E.J. Perry. But E.J. Perry starting with Brian Lewerke as the backup, former Michigan State quarterback. I think that those guys are the better, you know. And Josh Love as QB3 is totally cool. <laughs> but I, I'm excited for Joe Walker's season. I'm excited for the Michigan Panthers. I think that they... Them and the Birmingham Stallions probably have the cleanest uniforms in the league. Probably Birmingham, to tell you the truth. They they And I really do want to see some alternative uniforms as well. Some throwbacks, maybe. Um, and depending on how successful this first season goes, maybe we might get some news about expansion, team revival. Really want Philadelphia and Pittsburgh to come back. Uh, but obviously those are wishes for down the line. Tampa would be a dream to come back as well. Really miss the Bandits in their 2022 season. There's so much to talk about with spring ball, so much history and so much um, just memories of me watching those games and just not missing a beat because I just loved the USFL and I'm glad that the UFL is taking components of the XFL and the USFL and kind of merging them into one and it's looking respectable, looking doable, looking like it's going to be a good product as long as Fox handles the production value uh, and obviously hopefully the marketing like they have been. Um, but I'm really excited about this upcoming league, guys, and I really hope that you guys are enjoying this offseason and free agency coverage. But we will have about a 10-day lull period with teams not making any moves due to the fact that you know they are going to be minimizing and finalizing rosters right before training camp and a little bit after as well. So we won't expect anything like that for another 10 to 15 days. So definitely stay tuned for that and really appreciate everyone for tuning into these UFL coverage episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Make sure you guys check out all of our social media accounts at Tea Time Reports on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, Tea Time Reports, and check out our website, www.teatimereports.com, to learn a little bit more about the show and a little bit more about us. It's greatly appreciated for all the support, all of our day oneers out there. We very much appreciate you and thank you. Take care. Peace, everyone.